Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that aims to talk to other podcasters about their podcasts. Yes, it's a little bit of a navel-gazing meta kind of show. We talk about the hows, the whys, the wheres of podcasting for various individuals out there. This episode may be a little bit more on the whys than the hows. Uh, my guest is Jordan Cooper. He of the Tech Douchebags podcast on the Mighty 5x5 network. Chat a bit about what he feels makes podcasting interesting and how you can have a successful podcast. What you need to do. 10 ways to supercharge your podcast. Not exactly, but we'll talk a bit about that. Campy Monitor is the sponsor for this episode. A little more about them later on in the show. For now, enjoy my conversation with Jordan. Great. I'm, I'm glad that uh, the word douchebags is allowed on uh, good stuff. <laughs> well, it might get bleeped later by the censors. We have to run it through the, the censor machine first before we can post it. So, so yeah, this episode might have a few, uh, uh, what's the word, bleeps? Or I'll try to be civil. I'll try to be civil. <laughs> I, I could only not, not because of the listeners. I could care less about them. <laughs> uh, from fellow podcaster to podcaster, I know how difficult it is to edit through and and hear for all those things. So I want to make your life as easy as possible. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that's actually uh, we a debate we were having, not a debate really, just a discussion. It wasn't a fight, but uh, Tim uh, Smith and Adam Clark and I were talking about, we're bringing on some new shows to Good Stuff. And, and a few of them are saying, hey, I'd like to just be, let the, the F-bombs fly, as it were. And uh, it used to be in the old days old days being three or four years ago, that swearing was basically meant you'd never get featured anywhere on iTunes and uh, and banished sort of from from public appearances anyways in iTunes. These days, thanks to folks like, you know, Mark Maron, et cetera, probably mainly Mark Maron, I would guess, I would guess is the, the biggest one. But, um, you know, it's not, there's no, I'm sure there's some little ghost of Steve Jobs, no swearing allowed aspect to iTunes, but it seems to be, that that doesn't really inhibit anything these days. Your thoughts? Well, as long as as long as you mark it as explicit. I mean, right. I I have never heard of or seen an instance where a show was marked not as explicit and it was and it getting taken off of iTunes. It seems like Apple doesn't really care much about the podcast directory. Right. I mean, if you ever have problems with uh, you know, your show listings or your RSS feed, there's no one. There's like one guy in in a closet in the basement. The, the office space guy. That's the guy that takes care of uh, the podcast directory. I have to say, in case, this will be the one episode where the, the person who helps us with our iTunes stuff through Apple somehow, I don't know who it is exactly. I've never communicated with this person, but I know Tim does. I think it's a she. could be a he. I can't remember. But uh, she's been very good and helpful. So in, in her defense, I'll stick up for her or him. I can't remember. <laughs> My apologies. Uh They've been very good as far as getting our shows on on the air, but I know definitely when before pre network uh, connections, like with good stuff, it was definitely kind of just like you're throwing an email into the wind, or actually not an email, it's just a contact form on iTunes that you would send in and be like, "I pray that somebody out there somewhere eventually." Well, back then, actually, in the early days, it was actually Scott Simpson, right? That's did you? I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure if he's allowed to even disclose what he did there. He he did stuff with podcasting. I've heard him publicly say that, which is I was going to segueing from that into the fact that that was a great discussion you had with him. I'm going to just throw that in the show notes. That was one of the uh, as I scroll through. Man, you've got a lot of episodes now. I think that was episode 18. 18. There you go. Um, of your show, and uh, 
it was great. Uh, I think it may have been, I don't know, maybe he was past his NDA or he was feeling a little more free to <laughs> to chat or, or just uh, caught him in a good day. But he was really open and, and great great to talk about or great to hear him talk about just life and the fun of trying to be a comedian now, and, which is something you do as well. Is that correct? Well, not, not full time anymore, but no. I, I used to. I okay. mean, I moved out to Louisville from uh, New York. I started doing comedy in New York, which is like the mecca for stand up. And uh, you can't make money doing stand-up in New York unless you're like a humongous name. Because, uh, I mean, all those clubs out there are like showcase clubs. You do like 10-minute sets. It's, it's on the road where you could actually make somewhat of a living. So I moved out to Louisville in uh, 2007 to do that full-time and then did that for about three or four years just on the road. Like uh, if you've ever been to a, a chuckle hut or a funny bone or any of those type of things in the U.S., yeah. uh, you've probably seen me. I was the guy before the guy that you came to see. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that, I, I heard you say something about Chucklehead on another episode, and that just conjures up all sorts of weird images to me of, of being a, an actual establishment that you would go to to listen to comedy. But I, I assume it's a, a fairly well-known brand, whatever, in the States. Well, no, it's, it's not a brand, but that's typically the, the pejorative term oh, for gotcha. your, okay. your corny, you know, the... You know, let everyone give it up for your whatever and you know, two drink minimum that, you know, that type of comedy club, not right. like uh, coffee house shows or like independent things in theaters or rock clubs like the standard kind of 52 weeks a year. There's always comics coming through and that's where you go see, you know, the, the guy that has the Comedy Central special or something, but not like the big people that would do theaters. Right. Right. <laughs> so how did do you feel like that? that route, uh, like not that you actually had probably didn't have podcasting as a direction in mind way back then, but what, what, what from that experience has sort of helped you in any way for, for podcasting, do you think? Well, I mean, I've always thought, I mean, I, I've been into podcasting since, you know, before your old school days. <laughs> like my first podcast was December, 2007. Nice. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to podcasts. I remember, you know, my first podcast I listened to was world soccer daily back in like 06, because I was into soccer, not as much anymore. And uh, at podcasting, I've always believed, you know, you're in the entertainment business. It's a personality-driven medium. And uh, the idea doesn't matter. Like, I, I know a lot, tons of comics, tons of comics in the area, and they come to me. I'm the, I, I'm the tech guy. I'm the guy that knows how to do all this crap. Uh, says, you know, I have a great idea for a podcast. And it's like, like that all the ideas have been taken like you're not you're not going to get uh, famous based on an idea. You can get famous based on who you are, and uh, it, it, if your personality is good, then you're going to have a good podcast. If your personality sucks, doesn't matter what the idea is. The podcast is going to suck. So really, from from traveling the road and being a comedian, like uh, you know, I'm more of a writer comedian. So like I write jokes. I don't have that much of my personality. I guess I don't say much about myself in my act. And, uh, and I would always get kudos from other comics and from like comedy nerds or something like, oh, you're a great writer. And, but, but no one like liked me as a, they didn't learn anything about me. It's kind of like a half an hour of, you know, the set up punchline jokes, but you can't really get far with that. You'll be serviceable. You'll get gigs, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but no one, no one's going to say, oh, I need to go see Jordan Cooper. Because it's just like, oh, I could see any comic that could do, that could write that well. Any writer for The Daily Show or for Jimmy Fallon or any of those type of shows could write just as good jokes as I could write. So it's like kind of a dime a dozen. Like you're, you're proficient at what you do. It's kind of like a web designer. 
Like uh, you're proficient at WordPress, but uh, you're not winning any awards. <laughs> now you're you're, uh, you're cutting into my home turf, and so on on the podcasting level, you're saying I'm I need to have a better personality. My web design thing, I need to my business on the side, or that's the real business, I guess. Podcasting doesn't pay money, right? We know that. Um, you have a personality. You have daily ish. You have you have a, a personality <laughs> of of procrastination. Right. That's your personality. That should be. I'll change that. <clears throat> the Procrastination Podcast with Chris Enns. And there'll be one episode. No, there's no episode. Right. <laughs> or or just repeating every f- month or so, every six months, there'll be a, sorry, I, it's been such a long time since I released my last episode. No, I really am planning to get on this. I love podcasting. I just don't ever do it. Okay, so back, <laughs> back to you, tech. You set, no, you set up a Twitter account that, that says every day, <laughs> The, the feed will be on iTunes soon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to get to your podcast, but I also just remember the, the one thing I want to mention to folks is your YouTube channel, which the, uh, what's, what's the URL for that? I, I uh, didn't you, come prepared. Uh, YouTube.com slash Blenderhead TV. Preface that with the, the YouTube channel has a, the occasional <laughs> F-bomb and, and adult language, which is perfectly fine because that's what it's there for. You use the... You use the word occasional very loosely. Right. I was doing air quotes, but you can't see that, of course. Um, but the what I love about what you do with the, the videos in particular is, you know, just tearing a strip out of all of us tech nerds, which is a bit of the sort of undercurrent in, on, on your podcast as well. But um, just having a bit of fun. But you're also like you're right in there with us. It's not like you're like there's there's people who poke fun at nerds lusting after the iPhone and you know, waiting for it to arrive and whatever and that kind of stuff, or iOS eight, you know, refreshing to get it and have zero interest in it, but just want to like pick on the nerds, right? But you're right in there with us doing the same thing. You're just sort of acknowledging the the whatever the sham that it is kind of and, and pointing a mirror at us, right? Right. I mean that's that's essentially what comedy is. I mean, that's what comedians do is get on stage and say, you know, I'm messed up just like you're messed up and how can we relate to one another and pointing out those hypocrisies that are in all of us and pointing them out so that the audience could go, oh, I'm, I'm just like that. There's someone out there just like me and, and, and feeling as if like this kind of ridiculous that I, you know, I waited up until, you know, three in the morning to pre-order a phone. But uh, there, there are plenty of people on Twitter that were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm just a little bit more self-aware of it. Just you, you sit back and go, yeah, yeah, I kind of am a douchebag. <laughs> And do you get, uh, I guess, in in terms of the YouTube stuff versus podcasting, which you just you just do audio podcasting these days, right? I don't I don't know if you call it podcasting on YouTube or whatever that's called, but video versus audio. Do you is it easier, more enjoyable? Which avenue do you sort of enjoy more? I audio by far. Yeah, easily. YouTube is I've been experimenting with over the past year. Now I'm trying to get on a regular schedule. Now the procrastination YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, Audio, audio is something, I mean, I, I, w- I was in the punk rock scene. I'm, I'm used to audio, and comedy is more audio. Even though when you perform on stage, it's just you. There's, it's all raw. It's like there's no production value whatsoever. And I feel that podcasting, for the most part, uh, provides the least amount of production value where it's still viable, where people will listen to a podcast. It doesn't have to be uh, Radio Lab or This American Life, you know, that type of production that it could just be two guys talking about a topic and being interesting and that's viable on, on video. A lot of times, uh, I mean, maybe back in the old YouTube days with a lot of the vloggers, uh, I, I feel that, uh, 
in order for people to take your YouTube channel seriously these days, you need to have like the front card, the end card, the annotations. There's yeah. all the all the matter of crap that goes around your content that, uh, you know, when I first started the YouTube channel, I was paying too much attention to that stuff and not paying attention to why I was doing it in the first place. So I got to a point where I'm just like, screw it. Like I do all my videos on my iPhone and I edit on my iPhone if I need to, typically just trimming the front and the back. And that's that's who I am. That's how I do my personal podcast also uh, on every Friday where it's just I turn on a mic and the only time I edit anything out is if I get into like a coughing fit or something. <laughs> because I just, I mean, it's, 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 I, I talk a mile a minute and it's like 45 minutes long. And uh, that's what you get. And that's what it is. So instead of trying to, you know, put the nice, you know, show cards in front and the flying graphics, which I could do in Premiere. I mean, I, I know how to do all this stuff. It's just, it, it's, to me, it's not, uh, there's no return on investment or at least enough of it where, uh, you know, I could do a video on my iPhone and have it up on YouTube with a description and a tweet, you know, saying in 15 minutes rather than do that for 15 minutes and three hours of editing. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with podcasting is that, uh, you know, it's, it's very easy to do a respectable podcast if, if, if you're personality driven by just getting on a microphone, having decent audio quality and putting it out there without having to get worried about, you know, that six hours of work that has nothing to do with the content whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And that's, it's certainly tough to like know where to draw that line. I, I appreciate that you've got, you know, you've settled on a, a happy medium or whatever that um, a lot of podcasters, I feel like anyways, they put so much time and effort into producing this thing. And then you, or and, and especially with YouTube videos too, where you can see like there's the whole labor of love and you just love doing it. And that's great. But you can tell that when there's folks who are doing it and trying to get somewhere and maybe somebody watches some of my stuff or listens to some of my stuff and things I'm that too. But like, where they're putting so much time and effort and then you see like 20 views and you're just like, I don't know, <laughs> part of me, my heart breaks. Part of me thinks maybe they need to come on uh, Jordan Cooper's Tech Douchebag podcast and just be healed of the, 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 the desire, the drive to somehow make it with all that extra effort. And that's part of where, like you, you referenced my Dahlia show and it's, that's born out of just that uh, desire to experiment with the medium a bit and not feel so like it has to be. Not, not that this show is all that produced and, Obviously, I don't put a ton of effort into every interview, but the that desire to just be relaxed with this medium and have a little bit of fun with it instead of always worrying about sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think great, it, but. well, I think in every medium, like my 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 philosophy has has always been, uh, which which I I fall into the same traps as everyone else. I fall into the same traps that you have. I've started podcasts three episodes later. I'm like, screw this. Started a local kind of podcast network in Louisville amongst comedians. Did that for a month and said, screw this. This is not, it's not worth it for the amount of effort. But uh, I don't think the people that succeed are the A-plus students. Because the A-plus students are, are perfectionists. The A-plus students put together a brilliant thing that, you know, the, the, they're the ones that make the documentaries. They, they, put the, they spend all this time to make that one thing. And it's great. But then they flame off because they can't have that perfection day in and day out. I believe the people that succeed are the B students that show up every day and eight years go by and you go, wow, that's the biggest guy in this community. And it's like, no, he's not the best. The best flamed out every three weeks, but he's showed up to work every day. It's kind of like Seinfeld uh, has a quote or a story where, 
you know, he, he would look at uh, the construction workers, you know, eating lunch and then going back to work. And it's like, you know, if these guys that do this crappy job and manual labor could, could go back to work because that's what they do. They're construction workers. He could write for an hour a day because that's what he does. So right. I, I view, uh, you know, the, the podcasting like my Friday personal podcast and the YouTube channel. It's like like what you said, you're going to put in all this effort and get 20 views. Well, that's why don't put in eight hours of effort to get 20 views. Do the thing that's going to be the least uh, amount of friction that will allow you to do it every single day and then don't quit. And then two years, three years later, you may be at a point where you would have never thought possible when you first started. And you're like, well, I barely I barely work and do any of this stuff. How come, you know, now I'm getting 5,000 views. It's yeah. like, well, because you showed up every day because it is it a it's a personality driven medium and no one's going to get a sense of your personality once every six months. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> it was funny, as you said, personality driven medium Skype did a little Skype effect there on you. So it kind of made you sound like you're this robotic personality driven medium, which uh, I apologize for the occasional Skype artifact, but we'll just muscle through for now unless it gets really bad. Um, it, 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 what, isn't it a bad thing? Isn't it, does it say a lot about your show when it's a show about podcasting <laughs> and, and it's crappy recording and Skype artifacts? I need to have some of those, uh, one of those more adventurous, uh, speaking of people who put in 80 hours a week, folks on who are investigating, trying some of these other, there is other stuff out there for connecting people. And I, you know, there's a Google plus podcasting community that I drop into occasionally and, and I see them talking about it. And it's just like, I, I hope it someday becomes a thing, but just the fact of like, it's sometimes hard enough to get people to know how to use Skype. Obviously with podcasters, I have a bit of an advantage because most people are using that, but to start messing around with another medium right now, when I have, like I'm barely hanging on with all the shows I'm trying to do, uh, it would be tough to, to switch gears on and midstream kind of thing. So, um, I'd love to, if, if anybody's out there and has an experiment with something they would like to recommend, uh, hit me up on the Twitters or somewhere, iChris on Twitter or whatever. I'd love to hear about it when you can come on chat on the show about it. Um, the I love the idea that you said, like B students who are, are the ones who are making it and just that idea of showing up for work every day and, and which also kind of like drives against some of that, like, well, I've been doing this for X days or years or months or whatever your metric of it is. And you're kind of like, but it's not working, Jordan. What do I do? It, like, I, I'm still at 20 listeners. What do I I, I I view my answer to that is I, I view uh, doing any type of creative endeavor is very similar to giving oral sex, okay. <laughs> at least for a guy, uh, because uh, I've learned that, that I, everything I know about sex, I've learned through Maxim magazine. I was a nerd. I was a nerd. I didn't date much or whatever. The only thing I would learn is but I was a research hound. So it's like if I had to get any chance of being with with a, with a female, it's like, well, I have all this stuff that I could read. That supposedly that's what I'm supposed to do, but uh, but the it, it it always works when giving oral sex is is or, or foreplay is that when you think you're done, go five minutes more, <laughs> right? Okay. So that's what I view like podcasting or YouTube. It's like when you get to that point where you're like, is this worth it even doing? Do it for another five months, right? Yeah, I can appreciate that because that's often uh, speaking of podcasting, <laughs> the, when things go, you're like, I'm about to quit. This is stupid. I see. You know, uh, what's his name? Scott Johnson, frog pants guy. He just like he just shows up with his beard and his sweatpants and he does his podcast and then 
5,000 people drop money in his account, you know, or whatever. And you're like, I can do that. And I'm doing that. And uh, nobody's there. And or Dan Benjamin just like, you know, shows up in his suit and looks nice and <laughs> does his podcasting thing. And then like, yeah, or Leo Laporte or whatever. Anyway, all the people that are up there, Mark Marin in his garage, right? Um, but then often, yeah, there's a breakthrough that happens shortly thereafter. The the release, as it were, happens. <laughs> That's a terrible, <laughs> a great analogy, terrible analogy. Um, and the <laughs> so, okay, so getting to your, your podcast, the, the Tech Douchebag podcast, you bill it as a 12-step program for technology snobs disguised as a comedic interview podcast each week humorously helping geeks confront their digital narcissism and unhealthy attachment to their gadgets and devices, which I think is an awesome premise for a show. Like I said earlier, it helps sort of like cut the legs out a bit from all the posturing and and nerdy, uh, whatever stuff that we do that we write blog posts about this stuff. And then it's just very ephemeral and doesn't really last and doesn't really mean a whole lot but we in the you know the one day or two days that marco Arment publishes a headphone review article and every nerd in existence seems to be arguing about it and then two days later we completely forget about it um what's did it i guess tell me about the genesis of the podcast for you and where it came from and and then uh, we'll get into sort of moving into five by five and that kind of stuff well i mean it came out of my my personal podcast like like two years ago you know i was at the same point that uh, that we talked about before, like I'm doing this thing, this one thing. You you always try to grab onto those ideas, like oh that would be a great idea. Then when you actually do it, you see that oh this is much harder than I thought, or it didn't take off as much as I thought it would take off. And then you move to something else, and that's where the the attitude of just show up. Like I got to a point where, especially because you know I run a web design marketing little agency, which is basically me and my business partner. And it got to a certain point where I didn't have to worry that much about money because we do recurring revenue. So I don't have to go out and get clients all the time. Typically, that's what my business partner does. So I, I was comfortable. It was like work is coming in. Uh, I don't have to worry about, you know, doing, you know, WordPress design posts and, and, and try to get clients that way. So I'm like, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to start this blog. Uh, and, uh, I'm just going to do whatever the, the I'm going to give myself the freedom to do whatever the hell I want to do. There's no, it has to be this way. It has to come out on a certain day. It has to be every week. None of that. So I started that the podcast of just me ranting. And I did the, the number one influence of that was uh, Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast, which is uh, a, one of my favorites because it's a solo podcast. It's not two people talking, mm -hmm. just him ranting for an hour, most of the time about sports or the gig that he did or whatever. But I like him. Like I said, it's a personality driven media. So I did that. I'm like, I'm just going to I'm just going to show up every week and talk about myself, you know, be, be extremely narcissistic. Like this is my podcast. Like this is not for you. If 100 people download it, I'm not doing it for the people that are listening. I'm doing it for me. This is the shit that I want to talk about. So I did that. And I, being an avid Twitter person and back then at .net, I guess, uh, you know, people started listening to it. And uh, I would talk about technology. Sometimes I would talk about uh, football refereeing, which I've done, or poker playing, stuff, uh, the web design, anything that I felt like talking about, mostly tech, business, media type of stuff, and, uh, and just, just rant for 30, 40 minutes. And uh, a, a lot of the time, it was me talking about my own narcissism, about, you know, this is, the, this is the stuff I care about. I don't know why I care about it. What's the real reason why I care about it? 
Is it because I care so much about what people think of me? Do I do people don't? I, I don't know. So I just me just going through my head going, you know, why do I like this thing? Why do I have this thought? Why do I feel this way about a subject? And uh, then eventually, uh, in, in order to ramp up the content production, I did it two, two days a week. Uh, and I would have a guest on, on on Tuesdays. And it wouldn't be like an interview because uh, you, you'd hear interviews are a dime a dozen. So I would talk to them about that type of thing, why they, they think the certain way they do, you know, whatever industry they're in. And, and kind of get on a general level. And that's where uh, I, I would use the term tech douchebag all the time. Like I would call myself a tech douchebag, you know, the douchebag is fear. I would t- turn the word douchebag and douche into any word that I can, you know, that would, that would flow. And, uh, that just, it just came out that way. My girlfriend would always complain. It's like, why do you use that word all the time? It's like, I don't know. I just got, got obsessed with it. And, uh, and, and that's the term that I would use all the time. And then people would email me or tweet me and say, you know, yeah, I'm a tech douchebag also. It's like, oh, I do this thing also, you know, and use the term. So when, uh, I got to the point where, like, a lot of people preferred my rants over just the interviews, even though they liked the interviews. It just became a podcast that was kind of like two different things. And uh, and that I was getting listeners, so I had more of a thought in my head of, maybe I should just split this out. And with my comedic mind, I'm like, well, I talk a lot about narcissism and technology, so let's uh, start a podcast that's just like that. It's basically what I was doing on my Tuesday version of the show. It's the same exact thing, but I built it around this uh, gimmick of a 12-step kind of AA, NA type of program and, you know, did a lot of research on, you know, like, you know, the, the serenity prayer. I tried to, you know, use my comedic sensibilities to, uh, to, to, to sculpt, you know, to take out, you know, alcohol or take out God in some of these things and just insert technological terms. And then there you go. There's a podcast, TDB, Tech Douchebags. And that's a quote unquote, a support group. <laughs> Which it's, it's funny to think of uh, just looking through some of the guests and actually imagining like an actual support group where you all met together to <laughs> talk about. It. But um, the the show is great. And what when did you transition to or go to the idea of like I should go to a network or maybe you pitched Dan or he grabbed? No, he came to me. He yeah. came to me. Well, my, my whole attitude, especially with with like networks or getting bigger, I knew my personal podcast wasn't that. My the whole goal uh, from a business end. Because at, at, at the end of the day, I'm a business marketer person. Like I'm not, I could say, I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And whatever happens, happens. I'm much more strategical, even if my front facing approach is, you know, like I don't care about anything. But uh, my, my whole goal with the personal podcast and the blog was that uh, instead of being the person that runs everything, because typically I was that person, I'm an operational guy. I'm the guy that would run your podcast network. I'm the guy that would run the company, the run the, 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 the punk rock venue. And I just got tired of it. I'm like, I just want to be the talent. I just, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with any of that crap. I'm just going to be the talent. I'm going to start this thing and not stop. And knowing from the comedy scene and the entertainment business, it's all about who, you know, it's not about how good you are. It's all about who, you know, and I figured this podcast is a way for people that are, are tech people, I guess, or, you know, people, nerdy people to get to know me. And eventually, eventually, somewhere, somehow, someone's going to drop money on my lap. I'm going to get an opportunity because it happens in comedy all the time. You do a gig with someone and you, you, you get a great time over the weekend. They get a phone call uh, two hours before they set to leave the gig for another gig. And they look at you and go, oh, do you want to open for me? Uh, are you available on these dates? And I go, 
Yeah, sure. And you put it down in your calendar. All of a sudden, you got a gig because you were there at the right... You put yourself in the position to get opportunities. So I've, I've always viewed my podcast and my YouTube channel and my Twitter as just a way for people to get to know me. And someone will come, I'll get an email saying, and I've gotten web design work because of it. I listen to your podcast. I actually have a, you know, a, a client that needs a whatever, whatever done. And we talk and I end up getting business that way. It just, it comes out of nowhere. So just putting yourself out there at least opens up the opportunities to get those things. So when I started that pod, I'm like, someone's going to think of a project that I'll be great on. And it could be a podcast on another network. It could be a bigger type of thing. And uh, I'll be, you know, the, the comic relief, the third guy on a panel show on a bigger place or on some, some maybe a TV show or something like that. And, uh, and this is how people get to know who I am. So uh, Dan came to me and I interviewed him on my show like a year before. And he came to me and said, I like your stuff and uh, you want to do a show on 5 by 5 And I said, I already kind of started doing a show. This was like eight episodes in. And I showed it to him, and he goes, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay. I, was, I wasn't aware that at the time, it, it, he had no explicit podcast on his network. My concern was, it's like, you're going to have a podcast with the word douchebags in it? Because <laughs> I was more concerned. See, I was more concerned with him. Like, like I didn't want uh, sponsors. Like, I didn't care myself about sponsors. But mm. if, 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 if a sponsor saw that there's a show, the explicitly show with a technically explicit word in it, that it wouldn't look good on him. But he said it was fine. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. As long as I don't have to change my show, because I could have changed it to like tech rehab and right. then not cursed on it, but then it wouldn't be me. Like yeah. That's the whole point of that show. It's like, it's going to be me or it's not going to be anything. And that's what happened. Yeah. So I didn't really solicit. I just, I just said that this is a good, this is a good idea. I'm going to split my podcast apart. And uh, say if, if an opportunity presents itself, I'll deal with it at that point. But I, I would have no issue with doing that independently for 200 episodes. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good, good way of approaching it rather than being so, whether it's you're desperate or hungry or whatever to like go get to that next big thing, whatever that might be. Just sort of putting in the hours, putting in the time, putting in the effort and not like, I guess it sounds like being lazy. I mean, to wait for the opportunity, but being, putting yourself, like you said, in a position to be there for that opportunity more so. And, do you do you get emotionally? You you said you you don't really uh, you put on the front of being that you don't care or whatever. But do you get emotionally invested in the you know the numbers and the like the people who criticize your? I don't know if you get YouTube comments. Everybody gets YouTube comments, I'm sure. But um, you know when you you don't get the the listener level that you're hoping for or the you know whatever those kinds of things. Does that emotionally affect you or is it kind of just you're able to brush it off and you just like you said stick to just doing the thing. I try to just stick to doing the thing. I mean, I read every comment. I read every mention. I read every email. I read every, I mean, I read, I, I the, the, my favorite topic to discuss is me. So, I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's fine. I have Google alerts. I, I know exactly who's talking about me, what they're saying. Uh, it's perfectly fine to criticize. It's perfectly fine to, it, it, none of that affects me emotionally whatsoever. But as far as listeners are concerned, uh, I do look at the stats, not like every day or anything, but uh, I, I, I try to, humble myself on, uh, from my standup experiences that, uh, when, when you're doing like open mics, like when you're starting out doing comedy, you know, just to have any audience is a blessing. Like if there's 10 people left at a long show and you're going on, you know, 26th, it's like those, you have, you have five minutes and you're glad that just 10 people are there. Cause sometimes it'd be two, sometimes it'd be none. 
So I, I look at like I, the numbers, and I don't look at it in comparison to other podcasts. I don't go, well, so-and-so's podcast gets X amount of downloads. I don't care. I look at it from a perspective of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing something for an hour that someone is paying attention to, and uh, it, it's 2,000 of them. And I'm like, that's more people that are listening to an hour of me doing something comedic than uh, would, would listen to me in, in, a, in three weeks' worth of gigs doing, you know, five shows every weekend. So I'm like, to me, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah, I, I would love for it to be 50,000. But on, on the grand scheme of things, my personal podcast, I mean, I readily admit only gets, you know, 250, 300 downloads a week. But the people that listen, I get a lot of emails from people that, you know, like that are really good cult type of community type of thing. But I look at that and well, like that's like performing, you know, if I did it, if I if I could get all those people in one room, that would be a great stand up show. So why should I fret that it's not going up? I love the fact that I could rant for an hour, 45 minutes and have a, a, a comedy club size room full of people listen to it. So I don't get get so uh, hell bent on the. Uh, on how many listeners or the stats or anything. I mean, as long as people think it's good, as long as I get good feedback. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst thing to get is apathy, right? I'd, ra- yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather get either hate mail or, or love mail or whatever than nothing <laughs> than just clunk or just no one's paying attention to it. So yeah. I don't really care. I don't really care one way. If you, you know, I've gotten troll comments on YouTube and a lot of times I, you know, I, I troll them right back. Sometimes I just brush it off. I don't, yeah delete anything but whatever whatever happens i can't control that so who cares i was talking about jordan or jordan you're jordan cooper i was talking about jack conte he gave a talk at xoxo last year talking about that idea of visualizing you know the listenership on the internet as an actual physical thing which I, I find interesting and i often forget to do for myself and so i'm just kind of harping on it to remind folks who are listening to this when they only have 10 listeners 20 listeners 200 listeners whatever it is picture those people in a room and think about that um, that idea of those that many people are sitting and listening to you, standing, whatever they're doing, listening to your your show, watching your YouTube channel, whatever it may be, and just work from that. And I feel like that often can help get over some of those humps of like, oh, I only have two listeners or two hundred listeners, and yeah, you're a you're a Patreon guy now, or you have been. Well, I, I am to you I <laughs> and myself. I mean, it's only I'm only getting seven bucks because I don't promote it or anything. Yeah, it's a funny medium that I haven't, I've sort of been lazily promoting it. Patreon.com slash iChris. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Very lazy. But uh, you were the first one to, to uh, what's it called? Patreon me? I don't know. What? Right. I gave you a buck. Yeah. I give a buck to everyone. See, one, one of my, my, my pet peeves, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to call out any specific people because I have no specific people to call out, is that I, I find it very uh, almost douchey that uh, content creators themselves are some of the most cheapest people <laughs> that I know. Like, the, like the thing is, is like, I can't start a Patreon and ask people to support me if I'm not willing to support other people. So yeah. I view, uh, you know, when someone I follow, it, it's some YouTubers, I, I will give a dollar. It's a token dollar. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not in it for the perks. I'm not in it for anything like that. I, can, I don't have unlimited money to spend, but... I could show you that, hey, because uh, in, in any type of sales, in business, like you could talk to people at a networking meeting. You could go and, and have a pitch or something, and someone will say, I'm going to hire you. I'm going to buy your thing. Until they open up their wallet, they're full of crap. Like once that wallet opens up, 
you know, then you know that they're serious. So even if it's a dollar, there's a difference between me signing up to your mailing list or subscribing to your podcast. If I'm willing to open up my, my wallet and give you a buck, that shows a lot more than me, you know, retweeting something of yours. So I wanted to let you know that, hey, I listen to your stuff. I like your stuff. Here's a dollar. Right. And that's I was thinking about I was walking home from dropping my kid off to school this morning. I was like, okay, he's supporting me for a buck. I should be supporting him for a buck. And then it feels like, well, that's kind of like this. Then weird... PayPal makes the money. Exactly. The, the, the payment process. Yeah. So then nobody's happy. Patreon, I guess Patreon, I, can't, I don't even know how. I can't remember how yeah, it works. They take a cut. They yeah, take they take their cut. cut. And you and I just do the circle jerk of Patreoning or whatever, I guess. Yeah, but but it's not for the money. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And that's it's what not, I appreciate. Right. So if you gave me a buck back, it's like it's it's it all it is is you know, you're putting your name on a tally board saying that I, I like your stuff enough that I'm willing to open up my wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, that that solves the equation for me because I was, I yeah, I get caught up in like just the actual dollars and thinking, well that's silly and who's that's dumb. We should just stop supporting each other because what's the point or whatever. But um You need social proof because if it was like, you know, one for one dollar, people are like, Oh, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> but once once it's like thirteen people, sixty four dollars, it's like, oh, this person actually has something worth whatever. Yeah. Or something. You know, I don't know. There's there's a social proof element to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And for me it kinda it caught me off guard. I wasn't actually prepared. I I mean I not completely off guard, obviously. I talked about it, so I was secretly I was like praying and crying that nobody was supporting me, but I wasn't really doing anything about it, so I had no real reason to be. But then to actually out of nowhere getting an email saying, Hey, so and so well in that case Jordan is, is supporting you, it was kinda like, Oh, right, the crap, I actually this is a thing, not a not just a internet you know, like you put a show out or you put a thing out and people listen, there's a number on the screen, but nothing physical changes or, and whether you, I guess money is still at this point, it's still virtual in my whatever PayPal account or whatever, but, but it is actually like skin in the game, I guess. And, and, uh, and yeah, just, it was like, uh, okay, this is actually for real. Let's, let's do this. So, um, speaking of skin in the game, which is a terrible transition, uh, I want to thank our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing if not smooth, uh, this episode, uh, which has nothing to do with our sponsor, nothing to do with Jordan, everything to do with Skype. Uh, our sponsor of this episode is Campaign Monitor. They've supported good stuff from the very beginning, and we love them and thank them for that. We use their their uh, email newsletter service to send out the Good Stuff newsletter, which you can sign up for at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. I have to write that today if I ever get off podcasts and uh, send it out. Um and they have awesome stuff, geolocation segments, so you can send it to certain areas of the world at certain times, things like that, so that you know somebody over in, in Australia isn't opening it at 3 a.m. or getting it at 3 a.m. They can get it at 10 a.m. if you want, and that kind of thing. Get a template up and running in about 60 seconds. You can check out canvas.cm to check out their awesome template builder. And uh, they have an awesome, uh, equally awesome iOS app that I believe, don't quote me on this, is uh, updated for iOS 8. I'm pretty sure I saw it go through my... 55 updates, app updates recently when did the iOS 8 update and uh, where you can monitor your campaigns that you send out and see who's subscribed, unsubscribed, all that kind of stuff, get data on the go. So visit campaignmonitor.com. Thanks to them for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. All right. Um, I want to cover quickly, if we can, some of the gear stuff. This is a bit of what folks, I think, tune in for. I don't know why they tune in. This might be. Uh, That's why I tune in. Why I show up? Uh, how do you? Rec- how are you recording now? I guess, and we talked about it, I think before we started recording of you know, you're sort of passing it off, not not having to do a administrative stuff of running a network, um, 
but does that how does that translate to you with the gear that you're actually using to record with? So starting from the, well, your mic. Well, down. currently, well, currently I'm 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 boring. Like right now, I, I'm I have the most minimal setup possible, I guess, for a podcaster. That I'm just using Rode Podcaster with a USB connection into a MacBook and eCam call recorder for for recording Skype calls and uh, Audacity to edit. That's it. I mean, literally, it's the most minimal setup you could possibly i mean i have a macbook pro connected to two 27 inch monitors so it's not that i mean that's this is my workstation but it's not like i have this set up specifically for podcasting but i I, i've only done this this way and i have it on a boom arm like the ps1 a whatever psa1 boom arm and uh and the, the shock mount i guess uh i used to do it uh the complete analog way and I almost threw myself off a roof doing that <laughs> uh, because I, I was hosting pot. Like I, I used my apartment for comedians to come in and, and record their own podcasts. Like, so I built oh, right. myself a little podcast studio and I had two computers. I had two laptops and uh, two mic setups. And back then I, I was just using uh, like a Shure SM58s uh, or 57s, 58s uh, on stands, like cheap stuff. And uh, but also running everything through a big rack of because uh, I had the the Tascam USB uh, you know interface for for the audio so you could get like four channels in and do mixing on the computer. But I also had uh, you know a separate you know microphone preamp, uh, compressor limiter, uh, thirty one band EQ. You know I had all that stuff because I I was used to doing sound for like live punk rock shows, so I knew something about audio. Yeah. But the difference, the difference between uh, recording studio type of audio and uh, live in the basement of a synagogue, punk rock shows type of audio is completely, completely different. When you're when you when when you're doing uh, DIY punk shows, the only concern that you have is is it loud enough? Is it clear and loud enough? You don't have to worry about mixing drums in the right way. It's punk rock. I remember the a metal band was playing once, and I was working the mixing board, uh, which was just like a four channel Mackie, you know, nothing. And, uh, and, and, and he said, it's like, oh, I, I like to have my sound sound a little echoey here. Like he was giving me directions or whatever. And I said, I said, I got, I got two settings here. I got on and off. Which one do you want? <laughs> so do you do the, are you, I can't remember if you do the live thing on five by five, they do some of the shows live. No, no, no. I, I, I edit for content. So, uh, I, I don't really do it live. Nice. Okay. And so, uh, so how long do you like, so let's say, uh, just picking on the Scott Simpson episode, for example, but like you talk for how long and then what do you edit down to roughly, uh, talk for about an hour and a half. And I typically don't edit for content in the way that like, I'm going to cut an entire part of a conversation out. Sometimes that happens sometimes, especially towards the end. Like if there's, if it goes off on a tangent, because those shows aren't prepared, prepared. Like it's supposed to be a comedy-ish type of podcast. I'll run with whatever you're going with, but sometimes it goes off on tangents. I'll be like, okay, I could cut those two minutes out. That was kind of being redundant. Uh, but I rarely do that. But I do cut for ums, pauses. Uh, you know, I'm I'm anal when it comes to that. Like uh, unless it unless it's something that sounds really natural, uh, that there's no reason to have uh, you know slow talkers. Like I'll, I'll literally cut the pauses out of their speech. If they're thinking about something, if they stutter, because I, I have a tendency of speaking quickly, so I stutter a lot. And that's annoying to listen to because I listen to a hundred so podcasts a week. 
I, I would I wouldn't listen to that podcast. It would just bug the crap out of me. <laughs> so I know for that type of podcast, it's not like my personal podcast where that's you know what you're gonna get. You're getting 45 minutes of me doing that, and who cares? But uh, for the guest's sakes, my my job is to make the guest sound as good as possible. So if they do ums, ahs, I can't tell them not to do it, but I don't want to hear that. So I'm going to edit that out. So and it, it's amazing. Most people go, wow, that's that's a pain in the ass. It's not that much. It, typically, a podcast episode that's an hour and 10 minutes long, you know, in a recording time, like maybe an hour and 10 minutes takes me about three hours to edit, two and a half, three hours to edit. And that hour, just by cutting off uh, ums, ahs, pauses, you know, talk overs, which I hate the word that that's the number one, you know, because especially on Skype, you kind of, you know, you cut into one another, you know, someone it, it just it, you can't understand what anyone's saying for that fraction of a second, that two second mark. I'll cut those out by doing that in an hour and 10 minute recording turns it into an hour and four minute recording. So you, you just by ums and ahs and all that type of stuff is six minutes, especially most people's lives. You know, that's six minutes of not content. That's six minutes of garbage. So why not? If you have the time and the predilection to want to do, to do that, why not do it? So that's what. So that's really what my uh, my my workflow, I guess. You know, record over Skype, uh, to do ecam call recorder, and uh, most of the time I'm interviewing other tech people, so they have good microphones. A lot of times I'll ask them to you know record their end, do the double ender, uh, and use it as a backup. Because a lot of times, you know, they, they sound good over Skype and I'll just use that part and I'll do some EQ and compression to make it sound pretty good. And, uh, and there you go. And uh, use Audacity. Don't use Pro, you know, Logic Pro or not even GarageBand. It's just that Audacity. I used to be a PC person, uh, you know, back a cheap laptop back in 2007, my first podcast. That's what I knew how to use. So that's what I use. It's very easy because all I'm doing is just cutting stuff. I'm not doing advanced EQing or presets or anything. I just, you know, you just zoom in, you listen, and then you ta I take show notes while I listen then, not while it's done live because I want to be in the moment and not have to worry about, oh, the link there. Oh, he mentioned that thing. I just, I'm going to be listening for three hours editing it anyway. So then I'll have an Evernote little thing, window open that I put, oh, he mentioned that thing, link, and then I'll search for it later. You know, I'm just going through and that's how I write the show notes. And I like having detailed show notes as far as the description of the podcast. A lot of podcasts don't do that and I hate them for it. <laughs> as in like the the whatever paragraph that goes through iTunes kind of idea? You mean? Yeah, like, so yeah. it's not just like Jordan Cooper and I talked about stuff today. Go listen. Right, you know? right. right. Well, only because, I mean, it's it, this comes from the tech douchebag perspective. Only my use case matters. I'm subscribed currently right now to 107 podcasts. Oh I don't listen. I don't listen to every episode. Yeah. Though. I don't listen. I listen because some of them are daily. Some of them are political daily shows. And uh, I, I'm going to listen to depending on what you're talking about. There are only maybe maybe 10 to 15 podcasts that I will listen to every episode no matter what they talk about because I like the po podcast. I like the people. But the ones that are especially interview shows or the, the week's worth of news that they talk about three or four subjects, I want to know what I'm getting into before I'm listening to an hour and 40-minute podcast. That political podcast is talking about you know something about climate change, which is a pain I, I don't like listening to. So to me, it's not even an issue. So I don't need to hear 50 minutes of some liberal person saying that the, the conservative people are – I, I know all that. There's, no, there's nothing new there. So I'm not going to listen to that episode that day. 
So I like seeing, I like reading through the show notes before I press play and go, what, the, what are they talking about? Is this going to interest me? And maybe sometimes, some people have, uh, have time markers. I don't, I don't think you have to go that extreme. But sometimes I'll see, oh, here's this one thing they talk about that I'd be interested in and right to it. I'll, I'll listen and go, okay, if they put it that in the show notes, they probably talk about it at the 30-minute mark. And if you listen to podcasts over and over again, you kind of get a sense of the format of the show. So you just skip. It's a 50-minute show, and you skip right to minute 32, and you go, take it from there. Yeah, I don't. I, I appreciate the, the – definitely appreciate the time and effort it goes into the like minutia of re- writing down in the show notes every minute reference and stuff. And that's – like again, just like there's some people who would say to you, like, well, why do you spend so much time editing out the albums and alls? That's natural. And you know, why would you do that? Similarly, why would – to me, it's like the level of detail of having – show notes that are linked to the exact time code seems like either somebody's going to listen and they, every podcast player has a skip button now in some form or another you can just skip ahead in a conversation but um i appreciate the amount of work that goes into that and that the folks who love appreciate listening to that way i guess love it as well but um man yeah that's a lot of work <laughs> which so in sort of turning it back on you a bit the Earlier in the show, you said how it doesn't matter, just get the thing out there, but then you're spending three hours or whatever, two to three hours editing a showdown to get six minutes out of it. So why why does Jordan Cooper, the podcast editor, not agree with the Jordan Cooper, the the uh, whatever, the guy at the beginning of the show? Or is that just because of the two different shows that you have two different right. focus? Right. It's, it, yeah. it's a completely separate. That show is, I mean, that's that's a two-person interview show. I also do a, a occasional podcast called the comedy podcast, which, you know, because uh, Josh Spector, I'm friends with, he's a marketing dude that started a, you know, had a market for comedians blog like four or five years ago. And uh, he, he got a job. He's the, the guy behind social media for the for the Academy. So like on Oscars night, like the Academy tweets and all that, he, he does all that. Oh, nice. So that so throughout the year, that takes up most of his time. So he stopped kind of doing his blog that often. And I, I said, he said if, if it would be easier for you to just get on Skype know once a week you know i'll do all the production just you know we'll, we'll i'll do the show you know i'll host and you'll be on we'll talk about those subjects that you would have been writing blog posts about we got two other comics that were part of the little connected comedy community and uh when you have four people on uh it's it, it's almost unlistenable without editing yeah i could see so like yeah. so so i think of it like like that connected comedy podcast is not my podcast i host it i produce it but it's still it's a reflection of other people, so I want to make sure it's as good as at least put in the effort to make it as good as possible. And when it comes to 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 an interview show, when there's another person on the line, uh, you know, I have the tendency of uh, talking for 17 minutes straight, and that's not necessarily very respectful. But uh, I, I want to edit those things out. I want to I want to make it so that when someone listens to it, that the I'm doing it for the guest. And now, you know, on 5x5, five five, I'm doing it for 5x5. Five five. Every show that I come out with, there's going to be some type of brand affinity towards the network. So I don't want to just half-ass it for the sake of half-assing it. And plus, since I have the time to do it. And it sounds better. What's the podcast I would want to listen to? Because if I heard talkovers, if I heard Skype connection errors, if I heard um, ahs for 10 seconds straight, I look, I, I look at that podcast and go, this person isn't serious. There's no serious podcaster will leave that in. Like that's so obvious to take out. So that that's how I view myself in those type of podcasts. Other than my personal podcast, where the express intention of that is that I will not do any of it. 
So the listener, if they hear that type of crap, they should know already. If you're like, oh, you didn't edit this, well, screw you. Then you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear that. That's awesome. That's a great, great distinction, I guess, between why and why you can do it here and, and not over here. And it's not at all uh, hypocritical or whatever that people might think, I guess, in a way or whatever, want to point that out or whatever, if you're that deep into podcasting that you'd worry about that. But <laughs> but still, that's still the grand scheme is and if, if you're going to default to anything, put it out every week, put it out as quickly as you can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, I think, uh, ultimately, because the, the graveyard of podcasts is littered with people who spent weeks editing something and then never actually hitting publish or export or whatever you want to call it, um, and, or just maybe did it twice and then burnt out because they could not maintain that quality of or that time of production. So um, not that the world is lacking in podcasts, I guess, these days. <laughs> so we're, we're not grieving too much, I guess, for those shows that didn't quite make it, but... Um, Speaking of the hundreds of podcasts that you listen to, um, I, I don't know if we have time to go through all of them, but uh, is there a few that uh, <laughs> I, you would uh, recommend to our to the listeners to check out as just something a little off the beaten track or whatever that you you find or you've come across? Sure. I, I even put some thought into this because I do like promoting smaller podcasts that I do listen to that I think are good because I don't want to be, you know... Like, if you listen to tech podcasts, it's like, oh, do you listen to the talk show with John Gruber? It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we get it. I mean, I, I plenty of people that listen to this podcast probably may not be tech people. So they may, maybe they don't know. But I mean, for most people, they do. Uh, I would say the, the, the three podcasts that I, I would suggest people tech, uh, check out, if they're a techie type of people, uh, one is Grumpy Old Geeks, which is, uh, uh, it's two guys talking about tech, that type of show, but a little bit more of a comedic spin. They tend to, they're more in the web design and marketing space. Like they're by the, one of them is like in the music industry and one is like in the development industry. So they tend to talk about subjects that are not like, it's not about Apple. Right. It's not going to be about like that, what everyone else is talking about. And they go through it very quickly. They have segments. It's typically an hour and a hour and a half long and it's lighthearted. And it, and it's, I only found them because of downcast uh, search, like when they started, like episode two. Or something like, and I just thought, oh, let me give this a listen because I listen to eight thousand podcasts, and I'm like, this is pretty good. So uh, if if you want to check that out, that's Grumpy Old Geeks, and then there's a uh, uh, Stefan Constantinescu who does uh, the the newsletter Tab Dump has a podcast with uh with uh, uh, James Watley, I believe, uh, called the Voicemail, which is a very similar podcast to to my personal one, where that's all it is. It's the voicemail. It's them two calling each other up. And they talk primarily about mobile, the mobile space. It's more of a tech analyst type of show, but they 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 focus less on Apple, I guess, more on the general. Because I listen to some podcasts that talk about Apple. That it's like, oh, let me listen to something that's tech related, but not what everyone else is talking about. And uh, they both are. Uh, at least Stefan is very, you know, very cynical in nature. So I, I enjoy listening to that. And then the third would be uh, Defocused, which is a fairly new one that uh, Joe Rosensteel and Dan Sturm do. And uh, it, it's very, it's hard to describe. The primary focus, I mean, that uh, like uh, uh, Joe is a uh, visual effects guy. So they talk about movies. Hmm. And typically every episode they talk in detail about one movie, but primarily to make fun of it and different like effects and plot points and that type of stuff. But Amongst all of that, like every episode is like an hour and a half. There's a lot of just 
nonsense and shenanigans or whatever. If, if, if you've ever listened to uh, like 5 by 5s Bionic uh, before uh, Matt and uh, Mike stopped doing that show, it has that, not as that ridiculous type of feel, but it's kind of, it's a fun show. And for half of it, there's, uh, they talk about movies and, and stuff of that nature. That's not just, you know, going over with a review of the movie, but it, it's lighthearted. And uh, I enjoy listening, not to every episode. It depends on the movie. That's why I need the show notes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, the, so instead of recommending, you know, shows that already get, you know, 20,000, 30,000 downloads an episode, I'd rather promote shows that are in more of the hundreds and thousands. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's what, like, I'm always amazed. Every time I have someone on, there's silos or whatever of podcast networks and podcasts out there that have never even crossed my radar just because there's so many out there. And so it's always interesting to see and hear what other folks are listening to. Hopefully listeners uh, grab onto a few of those and check them out and share them as well. That's a, yeah, that's a whole other discussion of sharing. And people don't, you know, we don't blog anymore. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. And so it's really hard to get word out uh, if you don't get some sort of massive Twitter following, I guess, these days. But that's another show. Um, well, I mean, I found you. I found you. Jay, don't, don't put don't. yourself down. I found you that... <laughs> The, the, the pod, I found you, uh, I, I believe I started listening to this show when it was on SSKTN. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, but, but the first, but the first podcast, even before that, uh, was, uh, too lazy to blog. Oh, really? You stumbled on that one somehow. Did, yep. Yeah. See, that's exactly just like what you were saying. And, and, uh, if I, not if, <laughs> I was going to say, if I valued you as a listener, <laughs> which that's not what I meant, but like the, no, if, how am I, what am I trying to say here? I don't really know exactly, but like, if you, if you, if you cared enough of that, I was listening, you would have kept on. So. <laughs> well, just, you know, knowing that path is like, well, that, that made the, the efforts that felt like were wasted in a sense. I mean, there's other things that have come of that, obviously, but if it was just like, I'd stopped doing too lazy to blog and it was like, no, no, he's listening. Then this show wouldn't have happened and, you know, et cetera. Right. Um, and just going back to what we were saying earlier of just like pushing through, putting out episodes, keep going. There's something on the horizon. You might not get, Jordan Cooper listening to your show is the is the end goal, I guess, is what I was saying. Compared, if you look at my subscriptions list, probably <laughs> that, that statement, may, I may be listening to your show. <laughs> you might be subscribed and then deleting because I don't put enough effort in the show notes probably is what, what would happen. Now, so I'm, what, only deleting, I'm only deleting when I see that an episode hasn't come out. Like, I'll go through and go, whatever happened to that? And it's like, I see the last episode because on Downcast it shows you and it's from like a month ago. And I'm like, nope, it looks like they quit and get rid of them. And if I see it on Twitter, sometimes I'm following those same people on Twitter and I go, Oh, a new episode. I'm like, okay, I'll resubscribe. But I like keeping my, I'm a, I'm a douchebag, I guess, visually. <laughs> like I use down, the only reason I use downcast is because I get to edit the titles. Like that's how stupid I am. What titles of what? The, of the podcast. You don't have to use the RSS title. Oh, gotcha. Because uh, some of them, especially because I listen to business podcasts, and of course, some guru t told them to throw a million keywords into it. It's right. like, I don't want to listen to, you know, blah, 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 podcast, the best marketing, SEO, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, that looks bad yeah. on my phone. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this, you know, show me. If, if, if you had shown me your mic and it was a lowercase m, I capitalized it. Right. All of them capitalized. <laughs> but that's the only reason I use Downcast. I mean, I've always used Downcast, but that's, that's the one feature. Like, I was going to go to Overcast. And once I started seeing those titles there, I'm like, I can't deal with that. I need to edit that. 
<laughs> nice. So, and on iOS and Mac, or do you do just the? Are you just the phone like mobile podcast guy? Just, just, just the phone. It's all on the phone. I listen. But I mean, my phone's on me all the time, and I listen to podcasts. Uh, I listen at one point two five and one point five speed. But I, I, I probably listen to the equivalent on that speed of about sixty to seventy, maybe even eighty hours of podcasts a week. Because I listen while I work. I yeah, I while say, I, yeah. It's not like you're sitting there focused in on right. It's a radio. To me, it's right. It's talk radio. I always listen to talk radio before then. So to me, it's like putting on the radio. So half the time, I'm listening to podcasts and it gets turned off, and I go out to smoke, and I'm like, I don't even know what they talked about. I just listen to a podcast for fifty three minutes. What did they even talk about? Just soothing to have Chris's voice in the background, just lulling you to CSS HTML sleep, I guess. <laughs> well, your pod, the daily ish, I listen to while I smoke because those are small, those are shorter podcasts, like six minutes. Right. Like that's a smoke break. So okay. I, could, I could listen to you, <laughs> smoke, check Twitter, and then, uh, you know, feel better about my life because it's not as bad as yours. <laughs> right. I was going to say, uh, that's a, another. Uh, Picturing your listener in visual, like I often just think of some either like a mother-in-law sitting at the computer, hitting the web page and wondering, I wonder if Chris is talking about something interesting today and then, you know, whatever. But then, or the nerd sitting and, you know, obsessively editing the titles of every episode, I guess, at his iPhone. But then, yeah, picturing you having a smoke and listening, then that gives me another uh, audience person to visualize as I speak into the microphone and pretend it's going somewhere. Uh, All right. Well, thanks, Jordan, for coming on Show Me Your Mic. I think we've covered nearly nothing, but we'll have you on again sometime to to talk about more, as it, as the case may be. Where should uh, folks uh, follow the, the antics of one Jordan Cooper? Uh, you could go to underhead.me, which is my blog slash podcast, uh, Twitter, at BlenderHD, and Tech Douchebags is uh, on 5 by 5 at 5x5.tv slash TDB, or you could go directly there, via tdb.fm which means I have to I have to spend $99 a year on an <laughs> FM domain name that I just put stuff up to redirect to 5x5 five five. <laughs> that is the uh, yeah, possibly one of the ultimate tech douchebag things to do but I know I don't know why FM has got it's like somebody who realized hey there's a bunch of podcasters who might I guess maybe they're hoping radio folks would use it but podcasters are like hey that sounds cool kind of like radio we should we should all use that now because all the dot coms are taken, and no. how could I pass up a three-letter domain name? Yeah, oh, I know that's it's true. It's like a side of pride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, and uh, my thanks to Camping Monitor for supporting this episode, sponsoring this episode, and good stuff, of course. All the links and stuff we talked about here on Show Me Your Mic can be found at goodstuff.fm/smym/fifty-one. Is this episode? Subscribe, in iTunes, and all the usual suspects, of course. Uh, Good Stuff is on the Twitters at GoodStuff underscore FM. I'm I, Chris. On the Twitters, Show Me Your Mic has a Twitter account, S-M-Y-M. I, I wasn't thinking when I should I should go back and edit this because it just does not roll off the tongue at all. <laughs> S-M-Y-M, Show Me Your Mic underscore FM. And uh, I've had numerous, many uh, folks who are sending in, or uh, what's the word, booking an appointment. Uh, that sounds very official. Booking a interview. Uh with uh, for show me your mic. So if you're a podcaster out there, goodstuff.appointlet.com is where you can book an upcoming appearance on show me your mic, and we'll chat about your show and uh, gear and all that kind of stuff, just like we did with Jordan. Um, right now, I'm booking into looks like uh, late November. Ugh, that sounds terrible. Where do you get you get bad winters, right? Like 
gross winters? I mean, everyone does. I mean, where do I live? I don't live in the Bahamas. I know, but like Austin and like all, I, I get, I follow nerds from Austin and I don't know, California and stuff. And they're like, oh, it's getting so cold. And, but like, do you get dumps of snow and it's bitterly cold for months and months or it's kind of like no. one month that you're bad and then it's kind of. No, chilly. not real. Well, Louisville, it's, it's the middle of the Midwest. So it's kind of, it could be 90 degrees one day and then 30 the next. Right. And then out here, they don't have any snow shovel crap. So, you know, a half an inch of snow on the ground and everyone's, everyone has their, you right. know, the hands up in the air and running out and rioting. <laughs> that is the one perk, I guess, to having it enough that the cities and whatever have enough budget to just buy the snow removal machinery and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, this isn't a weather podcast or anything like that. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye.